What's up and welcome to the Single Player Experience Podcast. As always, I'm your host Sebastian Malden and you probably saw this in the description or the title of this episode, but this episode is going to be a bit different than the norm. So recently I was a guest on the X Button Podcast, a really dope podcast that you should check out featuring Paul and Alejandro, where they talk about the gaming news that you need to know about and they do deep dives into video game reviews. So in that episode, the three of us dove into the recent PlayStation State of Play, We gave our impressions on the whole show, the good, the bad, and everything in between, and what got us hyped about the show overall. So, Alejandro and Paul were nice enough to let me post that episode on the Single Player Experience Podcast, and that's what you're about to hear right after the intro. DJ, start the intro, mine. This is the Single Player Experience, the podcast that helps single player gamers manage their video game backlog. I'm your host Sebastian Malden and my main quest is to help you manage your ever growing video game backlog by letting you know which single player games are worth your time and money so that you can have the best single player experience. Now without further ado, let's start the show. DJ, cut the beat. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of the X Bottom, Season 3, Episode 7. I'm here with Task Force at, uh, X itself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, with uh, John Economos himself. Is that me? Is that yeah. me? Oh, I'm Paul. I forgot that was his yes. name. And Clemson uh, Mern himself. Hey, how's everyone doing? Sebastian. <laughs> so, yeah. He's, he's listing Peacemaker characters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because it's a. Uh, fading based on the thing we just watched so yeah. how are you guys doing we Pretty just finished well, about we, you yeah we just finished All watching right. the state of play we reacted to it that reacts should be going live anytime whenever i'm able to render that video that we watched and we're doing another offbeat episode of the x but i'm just focusing on that state of play so it might be shorter than your our usual episode to kind of help our friend paul here that he's about to start moving and this is going to be his last recording until in probably a week, maybe two, who knows? Like, what gonna go you... missing. I'm pretty sure it just the one week is enough. Um, by the end of next week, I should be settled, ready, mm-hmm. and good to go. Um, and I'm just, I'm hoping that there's no issues with that. The only yeah. thing that would happen is if my Wi Fi is not strong enough to do a recording, <laughs> yes. But thankfully, like, our buddy here, Sebastian, like, he said, he's he's turned like he, he knows when to answer the bad signal, so. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever I need help, I know I can like just light it up and he's going to help cover for you. So yeah, you're back, Sebastian. So that's like two in a row now. So yeah, really, for sure. Really excited. Kind of like I mentioned in the, um, in the, uh, in, in our reacts, you're so often here now that you're basically a co-host. <laughs> oh man. Point. Glad yeah. to hear, be here. Anytime you yeah. want me, just hit that back signal or the, the call machine and I'll be there, you know? Uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to. Um, was the the term from Harry Potter where they um, they warp into themselves and then oh, appear? apparate, apparate. I don't know if I'm an apparate and to be that quick, but I will answer the call. I will answer the bell. So with good anticipation. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So yeah, so yeah. Before we dive into the state of play, this is just a reminder that this is the X Bottom Podcast or gaming podcast that posts every Thursdays from 2 p.m. onwards, God willing, and TBD based on whenever Paul's new schedule may change that posting day going forward 
uh, available in the YouTube channel Escape Gaming, as well as most audio services around the world, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the like. You can find links in the RSS feed at anchor.fm slash escape-gaming. If you enjoy our show, give us a like and subscribe. So, no games we've been playing today, and no press X for some news, because we're just going to talk about the... Uh, the state of play we just saw and whatever the hell that was. So, guys, uh, after Nin- I'll, I'll just open it up right like this. After the developer direct from Xbox, after the Nin- after the Nintendo direct, uh, we just got we got like a week and a half ago. What even the hell was this state of play? I'm be it, honest. I'm gonna go be ahead. optimistic on this one. Uh, besides the the attempted coloring of my. Uh, expectations by the end of it. I feel like there were at least two, maybe three things that I'm like decently interested in. Some that we already knew about, granted. Um, But I like, I will talk more, you know, details, but I can list at least three of them that I'm actually like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Let's see how that goes. Um, And we'll see. But uh, in comparison to something like Nintendo and Microsoft, yeah. they did bring some crazy fire for mm-hmm. theirs. Um, so if we had to rank it, I might have to put Sony at third. Yeah, no, it's a, it's dead last. Based on like if, if we if you're ranking like the three like directs from all three of them, it's like this is like dead last compared to and not only just because this didn't even have a shadow drop, but that shouldn't be like an expectation. That was just something nice that the other two did. That it would have been nice if they had also done here. Uh, it's just kind of like also the quality of like announcements we got out of this like paled way in comparison to the other t- and even then like the Nintendo Direct for me was like the nostalgia is what propped it up for me with like the Metroid thing the Game Boy stuff like and then other stuff was like since I'm not much in the Nintendo camp wasn't that I wasn't that eh. that the Xbox developer direct like Hi-Fi Rush like that propped up that whole thing and the promise that they have the format going forward for like if they want to do stuff outside just the showcases we had heard that apparently sony is gonna do an a legit showcase like around june or before june when e3 is gonna be in and this is kind of like proving a point that i realized like when we saw the state of plays last year paul and also sebastian like the state of plays in june and september they did were shockingly good like they delivered one of them i remember i was trying to go in as low expectations as possible but i even think that even going that low like it exceeded the expectations even like more especially after we saw the showcases afterwards remember the summer game first ball that came with nothing but like the state of the last of us part one revealed that it got leaked earlier in the day so it was like a waste of two hours so so i'm gonna be honest with you i i'm sorry to interrupt but after marinating on your words a little bit and marinating on everything we've got i think i'm gonna hit you up with something very controversial here i don't i don't think this is the worst out of the three as a matter of fact i think if you're, if you look at what game, which one showed showcase like the newest games, like not just remasters, not just ports, you know, like for the most part, like this showcased a lot of new games that are coming within the next two to three months. I think we only have one game here that was outside of that that wheelhouse, and I mean it showcased something that was for a new hardware that they just put out. It showcased something that was like i think one of the most anticipated games and it also showcased like i think two or three announcements that people are either sleeping on or people did not know about entirely so i'm here's what i'll say about this the nintendo direct i think one of the biggest complaints was where are the new titles other than 
Tears of the Kingdom. Like, what other new stuff did you give us? You gave us Pigmen, and I think it was Dr. Layton, and I think that was it. The, everything else was just a remaster report. Like, on the on the Xbox side, if Hi-Fi Rush did not come out, like, and be shadow dropped, I don't think we remember anything from that. Because mm-hmm. Redfall didn't blow anybody away. I... I don't think um, Forza did the job of selling people who weren't already going to play that game because they're races, racing enthusiasts about that game. I, you know, Minecraft Legends, it, you, the audience that it has is probably was already going to have in general. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I, if I'm looking at like which showcase probably showed the most titles to where like they got new people in and not just people who are already going to play that title, I think you look at it with a little bit of a different lens of what this accomplished versus some of those other two. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about kind of like the objective way of looking at things and the way some of these made it feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in an objective way, you have a point with a little bit of the state of play. When it comes to pop, this yeah. didn't pop. No, it didn't. Like, oh. This didn't mm-hmm. pop. The other two did. And sometimes yeah. you need like, uh, ironically, sometimes you need something to pop more than just like show some things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's where the, the state of play kind of like comes in third in the other ones. But not to say there wasn't some good in this, and we can kind of go over this like some just real quick because it was like, it was forty five minutes with fifteen minutes dedicated to uh, Suicide Squad that killed the Justice League. Which right away they said that they were gonna show that they were gonna show the five PSVR games, and they said there there were gonna be new looks at games from third party, and they said it was gonna be forty five minutes. So they kicked us off the right way how they needed to do it, like just with the P- getting the PSVR stuff out of the way with. Uh, the Foglands, that like cowboy style uh, shooter we saw that's coming out later this year. Then we got Green Hell. That was uh, that game that I thought was like, oh, are they showcasing Horizon Forbidden West again? <laughs> and then until we saw a little bit more, it's like, oh, no, it's not that. It has a little bit of the forest in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also coming Sci-fi out. Sci-fi like, stealth game. Yeah. Yes. So coming out uh, also later in 2023. Synapse, probably the coolest looking for me of the things that they showed from PSVR. That's also going to come out later this year and also made on the Dreams tool, apparently, because I had Dreams in the thing. Uh, Journey to the Foundation, that's the thing that, Paul, like, you recognize. And they said at the beginning, it was like, based on like a novel. So it's based on that. You said it was Star Wars. It was funny because they mentioned Empire, which is Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right at the start when they said the Empire. I went, uh, is this Star Wars? I know. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Before Your Eyes, the, the the blinking game that's been already in Me- uh, in MetaQuest and other stuff. That that one had a date of March 10th, so that's going to be like one a launch window game for PSVR. Then for us, well, we got the uh, then and the the launch trailer for Destiny 2 Lightfall. It's like at this point, like we're already sold. Like we bought the hundred dollar edition back in August with the showcase. So this is just a way to prime ourselves up for the next big time for Destiny. Uh, Techia. Finally, like, got uh, re-shown at one of these and finally got a date for March 21st. And it's going to be the new Stray. Going to be the new indie launched in the PS Extra slash Premium service. Uh, they also kind of, like, teased the March lineup ahead of time for, like, for, for, for PS Plus, Normal, and the... A stacked lineup for games that most people, like, either forgotten forgotten about or, like, games that really needed a boost. Yeah, so, for example, like, if you're just paying for the essential, like, $10 a month... $60 a year uh, PS Plus. Uh, Battlefield 2042 is going to be there. Like, it's been on Game Pass since it was added to EA Play. So, mm-hmm. that got a boost of players there. This might give it a boost. Like, Battlefield 2042, Paul knows is like one of the biggest tragedies of this generation. And just like yeah. forever sullied the Battlefield name. After and for some... those that 
don't know, they reintroduced all the original classes and uh, revamped entirely how the whole hero nonsense works. Um, so it's they just need people to play the game essentially now. <laughs> yes, EA's been doing good stuff. I don't know what happened with Battlefield. It's like it's it it stands out more, like how much they messed up with Battlefield, considering how good everything around it has been. So that's gonna be there. It's a fine shooter. Now that it doesn't the the three hitters. Remember the three hundred fixes within like the first two weeks, Paul. Bad. Never, yeah, there's I'll, so much yeah. bad stuff going on in that game. Yeah, I'll never forget it. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons makes sense. Uh, Minecraft Legends is coming soon, and that's gonna be like another Xbox multi-platform game. So. Of course, they're going to want to tee up the new release with, like, this old one. And Code Bane, the Souls-like vampire game that I always thought looked... I always... It's always been my wish list, ironically, but I just never, like, pulled the trigger. Because I got souls out. <laughs> Last year, I was I put it in the wish list when I was, like, in the... through a lot of Souls games, my way, dude. Way too many. And then if you're also in the extra catalog, other than Tekia, you're going to get uh, a couple more Ubisoft games. So Rainbow Six Extraction, the long forgotten shooter from early last year is going to be added to the service that launched on game pass also so this is just like adding parody and subscriptions now uh, immortals phoenix rising the best of the three uh ubisoft launch games for the ps5 and the xbox series x with when you compare it to like valhalla and watchdogs legion that got like criminally overlooked by releasing that december is gonna come uh, it was it was already on game pass also now getting parody with uh in the subscriptions with ps plus more people need to play immortals even if it's still it has ubisoft dna and it's like it's still a really good game uh i have to go back and beat it uh ghostwire tokyo the surprise uh, the surprisingly good like avatar horror game first person adventure from last year like i, I can't imagine they're trying to wait and like ride the wave of of, of the high sentiment hi-fi rush created with the uh, when it comes to tango so putting it in the, in this in this description makes sense and i also think i know why it's going, it's going to be here because just like deathloop uh this is going to come into xbox it's, this is going to be coming to xbox next month because yeah full, it's going to be on game pass probably yeah, because, because mm -hmm. of the full year uh the, the one year exclusivity that they have for that game it's going to be done and when that happened with deathloop it launched immediately on game pass so they're just putting it in both and uncharted legacy of thieves collection the really great like update for uncharted 4 and and um and Lost Legacy. So phenomenal way to play Lost Legacy if you haven't played it already. By the yeah. way, yeah, Lost Legacy, super good. I'm glad. Mm -hmm. what, what, like Paul got to like re re revisit it uh, for the first time uh, last year. I remember that because you had a, such a low opinion of Lost Legacy. I remember, and I, I did, I did too. And yeah. replaying it was like a reminder. Like, why would you had a low opinion of this? This is great. <laughs> so, I one of the better Uncharted games, to me, in my opinion. Agreed. I'm like, it's very tight, very concise. Yeah. I like Nate, uh, Nadine and Chloe, like everything they they, they do in oh, that game into it. They, I, I like the game. I, I really think it's one of the, the more underrated PlayStation exclusives that we've gotten in the last decade. Yeah. And one that has gotten better with age, like mm -hmm. the, the, the more the more time has like passed by, like you see like a like the I think the IGN top top list god damn it <laughs> yeah it is so yeah um to further yeah. that thought while while he's muted i you know i think this is everything people liked about uncharted 4 just concise like concise and like put on a smaller scale like schedule kind of minimized a little bit and then like they added a couple of things here and there and then the dialogue in that game is like Oh, so good. The way what? they fleshed out those both characters, which were already, I feel, fan favorites 
but one of which just kind of got left by the wayside in Mm -hmm. uncharted 3 very like unceremonious departure and then and completely gone in the fourth one yeah which was just trash personally but i understand they were probably that's why because they were making a dlc that became its own game whatever uh we all know the story um but for nadine to get her whole uh character arc which we were always thinking at least i was throughout all of uncharted 4 going wow this is a really fleshed out character that's i'd like to see what happened to her why is she here she's not even really a villain Mm -hmm. um and i love how she just decides to bounce out of the story as well because she's like yeah you know what this is crazy all of you are crazy i'm leaving it's like she was in a completely different storyline um a genre of story at least and i'm glad that she got her own it humanized her and on top of that like how sebastian was saying that it's like such a concise game it's like it brought the spectacle that uncharted 4 like was lacking in a little bit because uncharted 4 was such a big game also bad uh it didn't have the level of spectacle that came to define that series in service of them closing up the story. So, it, to me, those games complement each other so well. Uncharted 4 has a really great story. Uncharted Lost Legacy is just the better game. And like I was saying before, the chainsaw interrupted me. Uh, Lost Legacy is like ranked higher than Uncharted 4 in many like top 10 lists, like top PS4 exclusive lists, which is crazy. I- but. I think if I were going back to play one of those two, I'd probably pick Lost Legacy over Uncharted 4, to be honest. Because it's just tighter. Because Uncharted 4, you have to build the excitement for that one. Mm -hmm. It's like, you have to build for it. You don't have to build on that for Lost Legacy. So I'm excited that they get to experience that. Uh, Nathan Drake collection was also right in the collections. So now the entire Uncharted saga, it's now on on PS Plus. Now we just need it to be remastered. They look, yeah, they look fine still. <laughs> one and that. two, one and two still kind of play a little rough. I, I would one, love to see one, those two that. still plays really good. Two you think two like, plays good? I played them all last year. I did okay. an all naughty that Paul remembers this. I played all the Naughty Dog games last year because I was going to do a write-up for them that completely escaped me. So <laughs> I would love to see what Blue Point can do with like a remake of those. It'd be good, especially with the first game. So uh, enhanced humanity is uh, it's the uh, the next game by the people that made Tetris Effect and uh, Res Infinite. Very different looking from the other games, but still kind of have that music synthesis that defines their games and, and kind of like unique looking stuff. More of a puzzle game than the other ones, but still like Tetris is technically a puzzle game. Like you just have to like, come arrange a few things. <laughs> so. It's definitely a puzzle. Yeah, exactly. I was about to so, say, it is the yeah, puzzle yeah, game. Exactly. <laughs> so, so it's like, it's not quite that, but still kind of like in that vibe. So. Yeah. So yeah, that's out on May 2023, and a limited time demo is out today. So we can. Try I love that. the the creation tool that they showed off. The mm-hmm. fact that people can create their own games and let other people try their own puzzles. Ah, I think that's that's brilliant. Yeah, and the PSVR 2 mode, which makes sense because uh, mm-hmm. Tetris Effect was PSVR enabled and also Res Infinite. I would argue those two are some of the best PSVR games. Yeah, it so, vibes. Like I I played uh, Tetris Effect in VR with headphones on. You feel like you've been transported somewhere else like you entered the matrix with that one uh furry game goodbye volcano high out june 15th it's been a long time coming technically i would clarify it's a scaly game i would, I would say scaly you know they're all dinosaurs yeah yeah i'll I I still call them furries <laughs> because i don't think there's like there's a scaly movement like the furry movement. there is actually that that is, is there, a thing is that there is a... its own deal um but yeah that, and, and, and i learned about bronies also that's why have I been that surprised? <laughs> For somebody who's as 
just supremely corrupted as you are, Alejandro. You're surprisingly uh, innocent to the many terrible sides of the internet. The thing is that I'm happy being as corrupted in the ways that I'm corrupted, Paul, in order to like disturb you. So yeah. they're <laughs> so, called yeah. skillies. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> I have. You have corrupted yeah. Sebastian now. <laughs> wow. I just know of it because of memes, honestly. Um, mm. Yeah. So anyway. Dinosaur game, visual novel style, with very well animated, with with rhythm and stuff. Yeah, the, with, yeah, it's it's writer and advocate of child pornography, but let's see. see let's, I need to look that up now again yeah, because I don't to, even like, trust myself. Um, yeah. For Go anybody ahead. that doesn't know, apparently I told Alejandro that after the announcement trailer like two years ago. That was the year I got married. Years, I don't remember yeah. any of that year. Um, <laughs> it was the year. Ago, it was the year of the lockdown spawn and the pandemic. Yeah. Maybe it <laughs> happened. Uh, maybe it, it was clarified later on. Go look it up if y'all are interested, and in I'd love to find out what yeah. the truth is. Yeah, that's the thing. Like that came out, and then that game went dormant. So maybe they kicked her off the project. Who knows? So, so yeah, that's coming out in June, and that uh, Sebastian's very excited for the Scalies. As he mentioned in our reaction, in our reacts, Kate Gray, the writer of Volcano Goodbye Volcano High, was the same writer who posted an article on Kotaku with pictures of virtual um, CP. One of those pics was of Harry Potter's character Hermione Granger, based off the likeness of the child actress Emma uh, Watson that was playing her. While she did not create the pictures, she did signal boost them. I I shouldn't have said that. Um, I shouldn't have said that and I deeply regret it. It is unclear if Katie Gray is still a part of the project to this day is an article I just read that came out as of okay. five minutes ago. I'm yeah. glad that we got that clarified for yeah. sure, but yeah. I, apparently I was not crazy. Yeah, you were not no. crazy. <laughs> wow, what a shocking <laughs> twist that is. Uh, but looking at the, I, I did a little investigative journalism here and Sorry. looking at the- um, Writer's credits. The writer's credits and um, the writer's credits, the LinkedIn and all that for the writing crew for this game. The It is said that Paula Rogers is now a part of like head writer. So I don't necessarily think Katie Gray is a part of that. So, they, so that explains why this got delayed from uh, yeah. originally. Yeah, yeah. So they probably so they had probably... to like bring in someone in. They try to like change the story enough to like give it a new credit in light of that. So good to know. Yeah. I'm a little bit more curious about this compared to like how I knew when your original told me that three years ago, Paul. Thanks for that, Sebastian. So then we went to the low point of the state of play, Bar uh, Naruto Boruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections coming on 2023. A very way too long extended look at this thing. That's when like I think the pacing completely like, it had a nice pace at, at that point. And if you care about Naruto, especially this version of Naruto, I think, did it look more like that, right, Paul? You play this. Yeah, it's literally the same game. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, credit to them for creating such a strong art style that it looks timeless. Mm -hmm. um, because because it's old. you can't tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's from like the PS3 360 eras, um, but they're collecting all of the games, but they already had a collection of all the games. So this almost feels a little redundant, but as we had said during the reaction, my theory is that because it's also an online fighting game, they wanted to just put everything together, make it easier for people to find matchmaking, continue to play with their friends, all that stuff. But maybe just check a box to say, hey, they put out another game this year. Who knows? Uh, either way, it seems a little bit lazy in some ways, but that's as somebody who is 
a little tired of the played out method of uh, Naruto games. Anyway. Yeah, it was just like spent a little too much time on it. Like, if I'm perfectly honest, it could have been a much quicker trailer. I would have liked more time on uh, the follow-up game to yeah. that. But, Baldur's, uh, Baldur's Gate 3. I would yeah. say this is probably like the bigger game, the biggest game announcement of this, because this has just been on PC and at, at a point at a time, at a point in time, Stadia. It was so funny that it was only on PC and Stadia for so long. Of all things. Yeah, of all you things. Know, well, it was like an early access. You know, if I was curating this, this state of play, I would probably X out Naruto completely and put another indie game in there because like... I feel like when this showcase was at its strongest, it was with like the VR games that we didn't know about and then the indie games that we kind of like either knew about and wanted to see more of or didn't know about at all. So I would probably say find a more strong indie game to display. And I think that would have probably like at least made the pacing and everything like that kind of keep flowing, you know? 100%. And uh, then after that, we got uh, Wayfinder, which this was like the... MMO action game that was like revealed back at the Game Awards last year um, that has like this Fortnite style aesthetic but it's like more PvE and the big thing is that they announced a beta that's coming out literally the same day as Destiny 2 Lightfall so great job guys <laughs> so then uh, we went to like more Cap Capcom always has to feature in, in a state of play they're just like buddy buddies uh, we got three more character showcases for Street Fighter 6 Sangeef, Lily, and Cami, and Paul was really happy that Cami was differently dressed. Let's just <laughs> putting it out there. It's, I, I do appreciate <laughs> an updated design after about twenty years. Granted, yeah, uh, more sense, more sensitive to the times. My my issues aside with um, the way female characters are presented in media, sometimes uh, I do like when games get updated designs, especially for fighting games. It's like part of the fun is seeing how designers can make a new character with their own stuff whether or not it's uh problematic in some ways yeah any thoughts on this one sebastian on the on the street fighter not a lick um i would probably not be playing this i'm not a huge fighting game kind of person so probably not be playing this but shout out to all those people who will be playing this shout out to all the evo people who who compete and knock each other's blocks off with this i know it's a big game it's just mm -hmm. doesn't speak to me on a personal level but yeah. i like the avail of like the some of the new characters and some of the movesets so yeah looks good the, the lead-ups to street fighter games are always fun because of mm -hmm. the character showcase because i remember they did the same thing with five so and then the next one, they, they showed a little bit more of the Resident Evil 4 remake, which just recently wrapped up a, a full month-long cover story over at Game Informer, and now IGN is doing an IGN first on it. So it's funny how it's like it's being overexposed a little bit, I would say. Uh, it's still looking really good. I would say this, Paul, uh, you, you probably agree with me with this. Yeah. It feels like the shockingly good Death Space remake has kind of like deflated a little bit of the excitement for this one. Yeah, um, yeah, I didn't want to say it. Yeah, there's a few things about it, uh, just visually that I'm not a huge fan on. Uh, all the characters' hair is really glossy and like uh -huh. reflective looking. I don't like that at all. Um, and it looks like it's an intentional decision rather than just a visual issue because they're very clearly prominently featuring it. Like it's like, oh, look how good this looks. And I'm like, I don't know, buddy. But yeah, um, <laughs> as far as like mechanically uh dead space remake came in and freaking cleaned the board knocked the papers off the desk and said yeah what you gonna do about it um I, I don't know if this is going to hold the candle to that however 
because of how beloved Resident Evil 4 is anyway, I think the quality of life, gameplay changes and stuff are still going to shine enough because this is like the game that people really know in the horror yeah. action genre. And and not only that, it's like um, I play I played Resident Evil 4 every year as like its original version. Like I know that game at heart. So much of this looks so different, but I recognize so, so many sequences from it. And I know it's just gonna. I know it's gonna be a better version of that game. It's just that the Dead Space remake is like. It's what we were talking about, Sebastian. Like when we we're talking about most anticipated games, uh, um, the surprise factor of things. How much that helps. Like when 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 something just completely surprises you. And Dead Space was not even remotely close to any of us like, being like a most anticipated thing when we talked about it earlier in the year. And. EA shocked everyone, be like, no, we can actually do really damn good remix. So it's like RE4 is not gonna easily clean away, like walk away clean, like as, as the victor with this. Now if, it feels like I look at it and I'm like, it looks good, but man, it's like, I will have to feel it and see if it's like, it gives you the same feeling. Even though Paul finished a Death Space remake, I haven't finished it, but just in what I've seen of it, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like the, the, the new bar has been set already early. So. And this one is like, shows that it's still going to be really good, but the big question is, will Resident Evil 4 Remake be in the all-time favorite conversation like its original game was? That's kind of like, that's what makes me curious about that one. But they announced a special demo. I wish it had been like a shadow drop, an early shadow drop. It would have been cool because when are they going to drop that demo? Because we're literally a month away from this game. It's like, this would have been the moment to drop that demo, I would say. So... And then the big showstopper, literally, uh, Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League finally showcased the gameplay. First time, because we have seen glimpses of it at the Game Awards 2021, like it looked like a little bit like Sunset Overdrive back then, and now we got to see it, it looked more like Paul said it's like, had a very crackdown feel, but it this, it like, if you need to like paint the what a life service co-op shooter is like, look at this game, take it away. You want to start, Paul? Because I'm a going. I'm a go ham on this one. All right. Uh, let me let me try to do some. Uh, Put the positive vibes, Paul. Work. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's see what I can do about this. Oh boy. Yeah. All right. So uh, with the many comparisons that are going to be brought up about it from many people along the internet, um, to many other unsuccessful games, uh, and many issues with live service models aside. Uh, one of the many things that people crave is good platforming and traversal in open world games. And I would dare say that Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is going to have very good traversal in theory, um, because it seems that it's very focused on giving that to you uh, from the start. It is not locking it behind uh, 10 separate side missions to give you a separate, much easier uh, method of tra traversal a la Gotham Knights. Uh, it seems that everybody has a very distinct style, distinct uh, method of going about their gameplay, so it's going to be interesting to jump from one character to the next. So hopefully, even if one character becomes a little stale, you can kind of switch things up a little bit. Um, it seems like the pacing is frenetic. It is action-packed. It is very entertaining to watch and fly through different areas which are very built verticality wise so it's not just going to be you uh, running through streets or flying through streets or jumping on top of a building then dropping back down off the building uh, meaning that the world is 
pretty well designed, I would say. Uh, it's going to be interesting to run through Metropolis. And uh, the voice work seems pretty solid overall. Um, whether or not the characters are being represented the great, the best way, um, I do feel like the performances are strong. The production value is pretty great. And uh, I'm curious to see where they go with the rest of this universe that they have established is connected to Batman uh, Arkham Knight at five, set five years after said game. And uh, yeah, that's about all I can give positively wise. And uh, Sebastian, why don't you tell us what some, several people are going to be thinking uh, alongside what you and I talked about already. All right, so let's, where to begin? I think there's a fact that I don't necessarily know if this game has a core identity. And I feel like that is going to bother a lot of people. I think that the, I think three main takeaways from all this and is that first off, I don't need, I don't know that the narrative is going to make sense in the world that's already established in the DC world. Brainiac is not a type of person who plays with his food. He is a very much go for the kill type of villain in DC. And he's he's straight to the chase i mean this is a guy a villain that has a menagerie of all the all the planets that he's absorbed and captured he can go down to those planets play with uh, play with the people around him he sh no he he just basically dismantled those planets shrunk them down and then captured them and went on to the next he's very methodical and the i think a lot of people are going to be thrown off that a that if he's very different than what he is in the comics because i think like that doesn't seem canonically like what we would expect from brainiac and then two i don't necessarily know if all these like heroes are there in metropolis all together if it's going to feel any form of realistic that we're able to take down one of these gods much less all of them at that point and then i think like to wrap it all up uh I feel like we're getting Marvel's Avengers vibes. I feel like we're also getting a little bit of like crackdown vibes from this game to where like the enemies all look the same. Like we had maybe like three or four enemies that they displayed throughout that whole thing. They all look the same. We're also getting that little that almost that old PS4 kind of um, kind of like a gameplay objectives to where like, hey, take down that one like turret. Hey, you have to take that down. And I bet. I, we didn't see it in this trailer, but it's almost giving me that same kind of vibes of when you had to like wait at a certain circle in the map and like, hey, defend this point until like until like this objective is done. And you know what I'm talking about, like that defend kind of like obstacles, uh, the um, objectives that you have to do in video games. I get that vibe from it and nothing that I saw in this made me think like that's a $70 game that is a day one buy and that's a game that's going to be around past a year i i everything i saw about this game gave me marvel's avengers vibes crackdown vibes a little bit of a little bit of fortnite vibes and fortnite is the only vibe that i got from that to where i look at that game and go like oh that's the success story that's where you drew some of that that parallels from because every other game that i mentioned didn't dead absolutely dead and I hate to say this, but I I had Skull and Bones as my flop of the year whenever I thought about it, thought about the beginning of the year. But Skull and Bones probably didn't have a bigger budget as this game did. This game might be the biggest flop of 2023. Bold words. It's rough because from the three of you, I'm the live service guy. I have like yep. Paul knows this. Like yep. 
the amount of hours that I dedicated to Marvel's Avengers, knowing that a lot of the bad parts of that game are bad, is like, I have 200 plus hours on that. I dedicated 3,000 hours to Destiny 2. Like, I know what this genre, like the ways that this kind of genre like speaks to me and can like, just like send me down like a very brain dead, uh, brain dead song where I can just play that, listen to podcasts and spend time and enjoy, and enjoy myself. And from what I saw from that game, it's like it hits all those hallmarks of things that I played in in that genre that I'm like, I played this, I know I could enjoy this. When I look at it holistically, think about it this way. You look at this. It's a game from Rocksteady. It's in Metropolis. It has Brainiac, Lex Luthor. It contains Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Flash, the Justice League, a continuation in the Arkhamverse. But you play as a Suicide Squad. Yep. In a live service co-op shooter. Paul, this is the biggest case of blue balls in the that I have ever seen in my life. Like now that I've actually like seen the game and really think about like the situation of what I see. Especially because here's the worst part to me. Yeah. It's like I see the budget on screen in some of those cutscenes. They look great. Yep. They absolutely look great. I like how that city looks. It's like, just thinking like, what could have been is like what makes it so frustrating. We have flying in the game. Why couldn't we just play as the <laughs> Justice League fighting Brainiac, guys? Uh, exactly. Oh my goodness. It burns me up. I uh, I don't want to, because it's a very subjective side of this. Um, because it, everyone thinks it's so much easier to just go the like, oh, we need to make everybody you play as like balance because it's going to be like a live service thing and yeah. got to make sure it works right. But it's, it's one, it's PVE exclusively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, secondly, the fact that like all the stuff that you put in works perfectly to be still fighting evil mm-hmm. and you've already clarified that the justice league is just like being possessed against their will and like you're still working with the good guys like in universe wouldn't how Amanda about it, find anybody else besides yeah. these people not only that paul them. can you imagine the scenario where it's like it's still the same like they get controlled but you play as one of the justice league members like play one as wonder them. woman the one yeah. that's not controlled exactly. right now and, then you, you, and you keep unlocking them they're the boss fights and then they become like the big thing that oh goes into gosh. the thing it's like, like hi-fi rush it <laughs> mm-hmm. you beat them and then they could kind of like turn into mo- new characters you could use we created a better game in about three minutes mm-hmm. than all of that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Greg Miller, right, uh, Sebastian? Yeah. Big, he probably is like, yeah, I, no, this could have been a Superman game. No, he's, he's, like, he's like, like, what a monkey spot situation for your boy, Greg Miller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, because, like, uh, wait, if you're like a DC super fan like he is, it's like, you look at that, it's, it's like so unfortunate that that. Uh, Especially when you when you can imagine like especially when when we saw the thing when Wonder Woman was like interrogating Flash, mm-hmm. like with, with, with the thing it's like when I looked at that I was like, fuck! I was like literally that's how, that, that's how I felt because like I could see like what this could have been like with the Suicide Squad. Imagine kind of like just a side character, so you're just kind of there like maybe like helping you with like like uh, 
that would have been great like yeah, having them as side characters would have been a very interesting thing i mean that's what they did with uh the arkham series and then you have like a little blurb that explains who they are and what their deal is i just i know this was made out of the popularity of that whole situation um and they saw part of their ip going really crazy with the popularity and it's just very unfortunate that it took this long to make it but the reality is that people have already started to move past the suicide squad as a concept and it, like it's now found found its niche but it's no longer the big like phenom that i think they thought it was going to be um and they are limiting themselves constantly by the pantheon that they have and they just they don't think that people are going to respond well to it so they they hamstring themselves and go with characters that they think they're able to control better or something i don't I, maybe it's like they have less gravitas to them so they can't do go with some of the heavier hitters but it just it frustrates me because they're constantly doing that they did it with not just this but something like young justice they've done it with a lot of other characters where like you get these really popular ones and then they just say okay we're going to focus on completely different very lower tier characters and spend all of our time and focus on these as opposed to the ones that everybody else wants us to focus on imagine so, if this was justice league dark that like, the same thing happens but it's like supernatural and then it's yeah. john constantine yeah. and zatanna and all of that crew doing the same nonsense but like once again that's such an untapped potential outside of like little animated videos and barely touched on in that one black adam movie that nobody seems to want to talk about no i mean but imagine uh, if this was justice league dark to where like you got to play as zatanna um, constantine swamp thing and maybe like maybe like um the the gray ghost or different things like that it's like and you were facing instead of brainiac you were facing like trigon and yeah and yeah and instead of guns you actually have powers and such like that where it Which was, works yeah i mean i think that would have been a uh not necessarily a smash hit but a bigger hit than this is going to be yeah and i think it's, like, it's kind of like what i kind of alluded to in our in our reacts it's like it's clear that the reason why they picked the suicide squad god damn it <laughs> yeah i'm guessing you were gonna say this because they of the movie's um popularity uh and the oh the shooting because that's easier to probably program mm -hmm. um which is accurate in a way because when you get into the and loot and the loot and the loot yeah you're right the, the looter shooter literally um because it's harder probably to do that for superpowers however there's a game that does that uh called destiny mm -hmm. that does do powers and the cosmetics around them fairly well i know i can see your face and i know it's still built heavily around the guns i just wanted to take a cheap shot at him about it um because i feel like the power system can be done well in a sh looter shooter aspect taking away a little bit of the shooter and maybe kind yeah. of working with that and i think but, I, um, with marvel of marvelous avengers we saw like the problem of trying to do like a looter shooter with like superpower characters yeah can you imagine if this is the worst, um, the worst um, licensed game this year as well? A licensed game came from Rocksteady might be the worst licensed game of the year. I, I'm curious to think because I'm drawing a blank. What are some of the other licensed games that are Hogwarts. coming out right now? Hogwarts um, Legacy, um, yeah. Star Wars. Um, you yeah. also got Spider-Man at the end of the year. That's very true. I could definitely see that. I mean. 
at the the end of last year, I think when we were talking about all of this, uh, I don't remember which one of us it was to talk about it, but it, it was, was in our chat. We were talking about the potential that Hogwarts Legacy was going to be the WB game that was going to be better from yeah. like the front from, from like their slate. And uh, it'll definitely look better and probably perform better than Gotham Knights, but I guess we'll see because there is a lot of love in Gotham Knights and there is a lot of strength to its emotional beats. And I wonder if that's going to kind of fall flat or ring hollow in Suicide Squad. I'm sure they're going to shoot for it. They're going to try. And I'm sure the the power of the performances is going to help, especially yeah. with it being Kevin Conroy's last role as Batman. Yeah, it's like that That adds the extra pain to the weight of, uh, of what this game is. Like when you look at it and when you think of the the alternate universe scenario of what this could have been. And I feel right now, like, it kind of mentioned is like, this is definitely a wait and see to hear what people say when they get hands on with it. True. And mm -hmm. this is because here's the reality of the situation. If you're a live service game, how fun you are will determine your longevity. Like Avengers had that weird middle spot that they had solid combat when you were in campaign that didn't translate at all to like a bullet sponge enemies yeah. in live service. Like it completely broke down there. And that's why like that game had no longevity. So depending on how fun it is to play that could like at least try to like salvage this a little bit but yeah this could be the weakest of the licensed games this year it's like especially just on live service alone it's like a live service is like such an albatross that yeah it this is the dangers of trend chasing i can bet that they decided that they saw that the the suicide squad dc was pu pushing it hard when they were with the david ayer movie from 2016 that horrendous mess uh, when they were pushing it and it seemed like it was going to be successful. Here's the thing. That movie was successful box office wise. It was a disaster critical wise that completely so soiled the Suicide Squad for a long time until James Gunn came in and reformed it. And uh, it's just like so unfortunate that we know that Rocksteady is, is what they're capable of. The Arkham games are such masterpieces. All three of them. I don't care what people say about the Bat Tank on a night. Like the rest of that package to me is like elevated with uh, the storytelling, the production value, like just the, the tiny attention to detail that like, if you're like a DC fan, like you see so many references to the Justice League also in, in, in Arkham Knight. Absolutely. And, and like, there was like voice calls from Lex Luthor, so many like mentions of Metropolis. Everyone was thinking that Superman was gonna be like the next big thing that they were gonna do. And I hate to think that that was exactly what was gonna happen. And then they, because it's like, they built Metropolis, Paul. They built a Metropolis with all this Superman imagery and that then they were forced to trend chase because they yeah. saw that, yeah. And, 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 and rejigger whatever they were working on, like if they were actually working on a Superman game into this co-op shooter that has flying around, that looks fun. And I tell you this because I just recently finished all the infamous games again. Give me great mobility in an, in an open world and I'm there. Like. Yep. That adds so much to me, and uh, and like, why Spider-Man 2018 and Miles Morales are so good? Mobility. That's what made because those games are just Ubisoft games, but the way the sense of movement and fun they have transcends that. If if the if the if the, if the sense of movement of this, like, actually feels good in the stick, 
and the combat can be fun in a third person shooter kind of way that you can have fun with friends and all that i can see there can be some fun to be had here but it will always have the dark cloud this game will always have the dark cloud of damn it it's like i cannot believe that such a talented developer like that we know could have made such a great great superhero game with other stuff focus on the justice league yeah i um one thing that i wanted to that kind of popped into my head about all this is uh imagine if kevin conroy's batman dies during the course of this game I, I think they probably even if he did they probably deviated from that i i have a feeling like i knew it would have predated it by a lot obviously but i mean it is called kills the justice league i wonder how literal they're going to be with that or if they're going to kind of subvert it and oh wait we actually beat it and we saved them all um i have a feeling there's going to be like at least one casualty to like give the stakes you know um but i have a feeling that at least a few of them are going to walk out of that uh, as far as what we've actually been talking about yeah i think i agree with everything here and it's really going to matter on the live service elements how popular it ends up being and the fact that we established that it's only two weeks after tears of the kingdom comes out is going to severely hamper it so unless they understand that like the investors understand that they're not going to get an immediate return on their investment at release uh they may try to pull the plug too early in which case they're going to lose all of this but if they can hold out and just keep pushing money into that concept until after people are finished with other better games they might have something here especially if they do like the added playable characters and other things that are actually decent and are enough to get people on their side i mean this is wb they could have crossover characters for all we know um, you could have Hellboy show up. I mean, like, <laughs> you could do all of the stuff from all the Netherrealm-style Mortal Kombat situation and just kind of have it flow uh, if you really want to. Or you could even have a Justice League Dark uh, expansion pass or something like that. There's a chance that this could be a blueprint for something really strong. But then we also said that about Halo Infinite. And that's what all, <laughs> all I have to say about that one. Yeah, it's like... To me, what also I say, they're still gonna keep like supporting this game. It's like then that pushes away even further whatever new other game they could even make. That's what makes it sadder. Especially that's that's always kind of like the uh, the monkey spot scenario of having a great developer be stuck in live service. It's like they are in the unless they shut your game out. It's like they're in the business of making it work and supporting it long term. And and with this being eight years in development. How much do they need to like get a return on investment? <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be rough. I I am wondering though if like developers now and I, this might be a little helpful because I'm not a live service person, but there are some people who are, and I I want the best for every single gamer fandom. But like, if this fails, I'd wonder if that's the death's door for like all the game developers uh, right now to go. Okay, live service is not what people want right now, and completely pivot from that model i mean obviously there's still going to be the the fortnites of the world and different things like that but like uh and when this game was in development it was like the great flux of live service games where they were they were just starting and now we're six six years into that and i think the world is in a completely different space to where like okay people are now based on the last two years people are going to see like the biggest selling games are going to be elden ring god of war ragnarok 
probably Spider-Man this year and then Tears of the Kingdom. And they're probably going to be like, okay, well, now the next games up that we needed to be developing are very going to be like these expansive or very concise single player games again, you know? Absolutely. And that's uh, the hope. Hunter, you uh, would tell me this for short. Sorry, I got totally distracted. Work is trying to deal with me. Um, <laughs> but the. Uh, the idea that the live service bubble has kind of popped is something that you and I have kind of covered recently. What was it? Um, several games recently got shut down. Yeah. Knockout City. Knockout City Knockout was City, one of them. Like uh, Crossfire X. Yeah. All across the board. And something that I have to notice about those ones is like those were obviously going to die because, like, for example, Knockout City launched in the wrong way. Like, it needed to be free to play from the start. It's It launched, like, as a paid game that eventually became, like, free. So, of course, that was not going to last. And, uh, there were others that were just straight up bad, but it's just, it feels like um, the live service bubble is like either close to bursting or it has already bursted in that these are games that require people to treat them like full-time jobs. And yeah. at a certain point, it's like some people will latch to one, usually the first one that gives them the taste and stop there. To me, that was Destiny. I tried many times with other ones that came into the ring the division i gave it a first shot they didn't properly they didn't properly like set it up for long-term success i bounced division two launched way better with like more like content at launch and like the system's actually working better still didn't have the long-term support that i needed i bounced anthem had nothing i bounced avengers was copium for like two uh, two straight years at least until spider-man launched after that like the that the, the reality finally popped for for me. It's like it, that one. Like it helped that it's like when it comes to comic book properties, when it comes to superheroes and all that. There's just something about these properties that you just want to give them the best shot, and like you stay with them longer than they deserve. That's what happened to me with Avengers. But with them shutting that game off, like not even completing their plans that they were building with, with, with Avengers, they were building towards like a climactic story of a of a Kree invasion. With, with Captain Marvel. That was like peppered throughout like all the story details that they expanded upon. The game failed. That's never gonna happen. Now the game's gonna be delisted like in three months. It's like if you didn't own it, like you won't be able to experience it anymore. It's like it, even though this, the campaign of that uh, uh, of that game was pretty solid, if that only had been the game. If I was them, I would just re-release the campaign. And yeah. then let's just re-release the campaign and, and let that be like a free That's campaign that they give out as and I almost call it like a, a like a ode to, to Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, especially you know? because there's nothing online about it. Like nah. literally there's nothing online about the campaign about uh Marvel's Avengers. Like Marvel's Avengers was the clear example for me that that game was in development before the before Destiny blew up. No, it's and I'd so also it's so clear that they tacked on that after the fact. Yeah, and I and, and I think one of the reasons why I said I just like take the little bit of work that it would take to just strip out and release the campaign as its own like online skew is because like you can use it as a test bed. If that campaign does well, then you know where to go with your next game. You know, mm -hmm. like I think that's a good test for them. But it's also like we were mentioning live service games, multiverses, the news of it falling under 1,000 players. Yeah, like losing 99% of its player base after being like the big thing the surprise big thing last summer yeah so so i think it's 
I, I don't know what we are, where we are in gaming right now, but it seems like that we are crossed that bridge to where like live service isn't the thing anymore. Yeah, a, a big thing to notice about uh, multiverses though, they haven't updated that game in so damn long. No, that's no. why it dropped. So and that's and that's the problem with live service. If you're gonna do a live service game, you have to have the pipeline ready. You have yeah. to have you you have to have like your content for the next month has to be ready there to give it to your player base once they're done with like the base content that you give them you have to like have like keep doing like live streams telling them this is what the next year or the next three months are going to give you no one that does live service games has gotten into that flow destiny eventually got there it took them years and the fact that it was the only thing that they were working on and they put their money where their mouth is and that's why like destiny 2 is such a successful live service in that area that's not the Fortnites. That is much easier to maintain because it's just a mode that they're just supporting with skins and all of that. But uh, you can I, push that some with fighting games specifically because there's much less to actually give them. But because of the nature of the kind of fighting game it is, you kind of it's like a middle ground. You can't you don't have to put out as much as something like Bungie does every week where they have more information on it. But at the same time, you can't just go several months without saying anything or even updating or balancing or kind of working things out. There's got to be talk at some point. And I think also you you look at that game and what what it was going for. That's a Super Smash Brothers clone. Yeah. You can't you have to either give us a live feed or you got to come out giving us just as much content as Super Smash Brothers. If yeah. you're only going to do if you're not going to do either of those things, you're dead on arrival. And the thing that Smash Brothers was like really smart about was like your character passes. They didn't yeah. tell you what was there. They just told you. You buy this character passes. This is how many characters you can expect. Mm. We're not going to tell you exactly when. Maybe we're going to give you like a time frame, but there's going to be a character that's going to be dropping. And that kept that game alive for a while, even though they were not giving you a character every month. Yeah. But they, and uh, but this is the yeah. cadence. Yeah. And you also have like if Super Smash Brothers were announced like the, a new Super Smash Brothers that coming out next month, I guarantee you it's probably going to have more than like seven, eight characters in that, like to start off with. Yeah. It's one of those things. That was like a, I almost want to say because of the sequels and because they have that clout that they can pull, because um, that's like their main thing, they can put out something like 50s to 70 characters. But I guess because of the, maybe the engine or the nature of it, I would think if they made a sequel to Multiverses, that would be their big moment to roll out a bunch of characters or some big expansion after that point. Cause I think they were still figuring out what worked and what didn't. Cause I feel like in the base game, there were a few things that really weren't great um, that needed to be fixed. I feel like they tried to push things a little too far. What? The, uh, the Suicide Squad killed the Justice League support cross-platform play for online co-op. Yes, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League will support full cross-platform play for online co-op. Is an internet connection required to play Suicide Squad killed the Justice League? Yes, an internet connection is required to play Suicide Squad killed the Justice League solo or via online co-op. Game dead on arrival. There it is. Yikes. Yeah, um, because it's like when, whenever this game gets killed, it's like, oh. <laughs> truthfully, it's... I think we talked about it as well, where like the really difficult situation of blending always online requirements versus having a f game fully available in your hands is starting to pass away mm -hmm. because it's getting harder and harder to fit an entire game into like say a disc, a disc. for instance mm -hmm. uh, plus the fact that it's a literal live service game is going to 
probably demand your focus no matter what like they, yeah. i think they are trying to do like with destiny where you have to be always online even if you play by yourself mm -hmm, but yeah. also that's the one yeah. thing that i'm like shockingly i'm gonna give the props to avengers for from the very beginning that was not an always online game like you can play that game solo offline like at least like it's campaign it's if you're doing the avengers initiative like uh, uh, live service stuff that's what required you to be online but at least it has an element that can be played like solo and could do like the thing that sebastian was um was uh suggesting but this is like redfall is a single a game that you can play single player but it's also always online now this is like that, that the problem with this is that games that are clearly going to fail is like then the longevity and as much as gotham knights may suck that game can be played fully offline at the very least it's like at least they are like they definitely it was gonna be a live service it's clear based on the million currencies that game was gonna have how much grinding it was requiring you to do to unlock basic stuff that that's that's basically the kind of carrot from a live service at the very least like they made it offline so that anyone can like discover it way down in the garbage bin when it's like five bucks down there and play it and at least get to experience it like suicide squad now is like in that point where if no online connection if this fails and then they shut the servers off whoo, goodbye to this <laughs> so yeah, true. Ugh, man, it's like I I wish I was more like here. Here's the thing: like it's like I wish I was more excited for it. It's like I wish they had like moved the needle more towards excitement. I didn't hate what I like. I didn't hate what I saw. I hate that I was left indifferent, and that's probably the worst part. That's this is just what happens when you trend chase instead mm -hmm. of making something that's timeless. Yeah, exactly. So. We'll see. Maybe they will say beta coming soon. Then we'll get to try. And I was like, oh, God, they have something here. That That's like On the only February 29th, yeah. uh, 28th. Right? <laughs> 29th, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's like it's it disappointing. And, and I feel like that's yeah. that sentiment of indifference is kind of like colors the state of play in a way. Like go bringing bringing this back to the like they they made a point of showcasing this. And unlike Hogwarts Legacy, when they dedicated a solo state of play for that, actually, like showed me that there was more to that Hogwarts Legacy than I initially thought there was going to be last year. This one didn't move the needle. I feel like if you were skeptical for this, like, you are remaining, like, you're forever remaining skeptical. If you were excited for this, you knowing what this was, because we technically sort of known what this was since, like, it, it, since it was announced back at DC Fandom 2020. Uh, maybe, like, you can still have some excitement. Or if you're, like, someone that if i can like remove my dc biases as someone that can't find enjoyment out of life service games it's like there's enough there that i'm like yeah they're t t attempting to do one of those i hate my life right now <laughs> god damn it nah, you're all good you're all good it's just it, yeah it's one of those things to where i'm like I, wb obviously saw something that was very that they thought was going to be a timeless trend that was going to last them in in, in this next generation because they did it with you know gotham knights and they did it obviously with the suicide squad so they really and went hard and hammered in with it and it's one of those things to where like i, I i've never seen a studio quite go this hard as far as like trend riding and it's almost a shame because like Rocksteady used to be a trendsetter, you know, in the gaming space. Like they made they made the Arkham series, which basically, you know, catapulted what we thought about like open world stealth, you know, like stealth games, about action adventure games. It brought it, it. It was the new wave of licensed games as well. Like uh, licensed games are on death's door, so to speak. 
and it kind of brought that into full play. So, so ironically, today there was a Warner Bros. Discovery earnings call. Yeah. So oh. I wonder if that's why this uh, Suicide Squad sh- game was shown today. Like, I mean, kinda... the, the earnings call probably was a lot of good news because Hogwarts Legacy sold gangbusters. 12 million copies already. Yeah, so I'm like, Hogwarts Legacy did so well to where, like, there's not a whole lot that, that screams, like, oh, this oh, is a cost for concern. they reached the month, uh, the, the month sales of Elden Ring. Because, yeah. because Elden Ring was the 12, 12 million after, like, a month. They got Don't that in two weeks. underestimate that Harry Potter power. Yeah. 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 That is a... The, those are sleeper agents uh, masquerading as 30 and 40 year olds now mm-hmm. that came out of the woodwork for that game. Um, dude, you have like an entire Noah's Ark situation going on in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All I'm saying. But yeah, um, you're absolutely right. And it's, gosh, Harry Potter, I'm telling you. So this is, abs- there's no way they're going to touch those kind of sales. There's no way they're going to touch that kind of crit- critical acclaim. Um, even with the controversy around it, the fact that Hogwarts Legacy is like practically untouched uh, commercial. And this is clear as day. Example. Yeah, hate campaign, hate campaigns that uh, condemn people for doing stuff. This is the results. This so, is the result of spite. So yeah. if you're an investor right now, you see Hogwarts Legacy, you see how much it sold, and then you see the reception of Gotham Knights, how much it's it, how much it kind of fell on its face. You look at Suicide Squad. That Suicide Squad to investors is probably like this is making a break for this wave of Warner Brothers because like. We now have 12 million, 12 million samples of what kind of game works for us commercially. And, and, and it, not only it, that, no live service. Yeah. Hogwarts that, Legacy, it's an honest to goodness single player RPG. And that's my point. I'm like, if you're an investor at this point, like if if that game, if, if the Suicide Squad comes out, it has to come out swinging and it really has to. It can't come out six out of tens because that won't help word of mouth. It can't come out five out of ten, so it won't help word of mouth. And then it also has even to a be... seven out of ten would be disastrous for Rocksteady that was giving us nine, ten out of tens. Yeah, with their yeah, three, with their three games. Yeah, and then commercially, if that game does not sell well and not like have a a roster to where it continues that sales trend, like month over month, to where like if it can lose trends, but it can't be one of those things to where like. It has a good first month and then a ninety percent drop. What was off. interesting was that Gotham Knights sold well in the in at the in the last three months of the year uh, where when that game was on retail, it sold really well. Of course, it would. It has Batman association to it, so that sold yeah. on name that that got to sell on name alone. So Suicide and then it was Squad, discounts yeah, though too. It, yeah, but it, but mm-hmm. but still, it's like sales are sales. So yeah. So yeah, um, and that's the thing. Like he made a bunch of its sales before the discounts in August, mm-hmm. in, in October. It was, it was like in the top five best-selling games that that month when Call of Duty had already launched. Also, so yeah. just to kind of give an idea, uh, Suicide Squad is like. The, here's the thing. I love James Gunn's Suicide. The Suicide Squad that bombed at the box office. So the Suicide Squad name, I don't think carries. Uh, like, push is gonna it's gonna it's gonna be like something like, that's a must buy. I feel like them adding the Kill the Justice League was them acknowledging that a Suicide Squad game by itself is just not going to sell. And I don't even think that the idea of like, oh yeah, we're a game where you're going to kill the heroes you wanted to play in your game is going to is, is, is gonna even like move the needle, the, the needle sales-wise. Like, the only way I see that is that this game is a critical darling. It shocks us 
like when it when it comes out and word of mouth builds up of like no like don't worry it's like yeah it may look like one of those but no it's like shockingly good it's like that's the only way that i think this has a this has a prayer by the way mortal kombat 12 confirmed for this year oh that's dope um yeah, i really will would. say I, I will push back a little bit it's like i think the genre is what uh, what's going to throw a lot of people off because i think there are tons of examples to where like playing as a villain would have been okay but imagine if like imagine if we were to hunt down like if we were harley quinn and we were hunting down like the bat family in in gotham and they made it to where it was almost like a almost like a grand theft auto style open world to where you were playing as harley quinn i think a lot of people would have ate that up but mortal kombat is exciting by the way i mean i yeah this is the year of fighting games it seems like tekken yeah, Tekken's well. still not confirmed for this year. That's okay. yeah, that's just that's hope. That's the hope the that it may. It does. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyway, dude, <laughs> the, it, that would be the year of the fighting games and the year of the license. Yeah. Like, like for real, it's like the the way that this year is like turning out to be like the year of either remakes, licensed products, and now fighting games is like an interesting way for it to like all shake up. So, yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's like I wish I was more excited. That's the thing. I'm disappointed. I'm not more excited for Suicide Squad because I just want more superhero games. Like, right. especially now that we're getting like the actual adaptations of comics. It's kind of like what I was sort of mentioning last week when I mentioned that I was playing Infamous. Like, Infamous was what we had because it was like we weren't getting like proper video games, like of adaptations of comics. So mm-hmm. we got a really great superhero game that was just an original property. And now we're at the point where, like, people are seeing the value of doing really great games uh, with, like, actual properties that we know exist in comics and movies and things like that. And, yeah, it's just sad. It's just sad. So, good thing we have an arrangement, Paul. So. <laughs> I I um I have a question before you before we go. Like, yeah. what was your game of the show? Uh, uh, the Baldur- game of the uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Okay. Like, what a what about you paul i think that might actually be mine as well because that was a game that i was legitimately excited for previously mm-hmm. but then got really disappointed when it was on pc only so mm-hmm. finding out that it's a ps5 game i went oh shoot that's gonna be really good especially if we can get that one day on like a playstation extra or something mm-hmm. that um, could be cool unless it's like i heard really amazing things paul like we got our ration for a reason yep. so uh, I think I think Tachia might be my favorite game that with that was shown. I think yeah. I, everything they showed about that game looked very yeah. premium. Yeah, that one to me is the I'll play it when it, it's definitely one that I will definitely play since it's gonna be an extra. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely like check it out like Ooh. just like a yeah. stray. That's good. So, sure. And humanity, like just for how much I love Tetris Effect, it's like an honorable mention in a way. It's not like I don't buy as much with this kind of puzzle. Like I just do like a Tetris that can just be endlessly addicting, and the way that that game just synergizes, like the music with every time that you like cut the lines of Tetris, like you're completing levels is just so like transcendental. So, but it was cool that they're doing that that kind of game and they're still partnering with them. And if I had BR, I would be, I wouldn't say I would be super excited with what they've shown, but I would be glad that to know that there's things coming. It now depends. Yeah. Uh, it now depends on. Uh, it's a good expansion of what's of what's possible on VR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to Absolutely. be if, to be fair, they have like forty games at launch with BR. It's like yeah, I can't imagine you get to buy all of them. So it's like they they really stack the library. So right now it's just how they're gonna curate and moving forward. But um, but yeah, it's like on paper it's like not a bad state of play, but definitely the weakest of the last three we've gotten from the state of play. Like, That's they, true. One thing I. 
I guess I don't want to cut you off on that, but I it's almost because all three of us are not big VR people, but mm-hmm. if you are a VR person, that would definitely change where you would rank mm-hmm. these three, I think. Because the 40 games for VR 2, the kind of stuff that they showed you, what's available, um, the optional showcase on a few other games on mm-hmm. top of the ones that they already said. Resident Evil like, 4 has VR. Resident Evil also. 4. Um, Resident Evil 8 also, like mm-hmm. just all of it, honestly. Um, I feel like that would easily r- ratchet it up for whatever it is. And just because the neither, none of the three of us are really that interested, we're kind of discounting that side of it. Yeah. But and unfortunately, like it, it, we have to speak from that perspective also, because right. not everyone's going to buy this machine right now, not at this price. So. I mean, uh, we mentioned the 40 games of VR, and I do want to, I think that's a really cool lineup, but I do want to push back that a lot of those games are PSVR 1 games. Yeah, that, that it's they, like re-releases. It's like yeah, re-releases. That you have to pay for again, because it's not backwards compatible. Are yeah. they not uh, upgrades? There's a few that are free upgrades or free modes, like Resident Evil 8 and uh, Gran Turismo 7. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, so like, but, but, but Moss Book 1 and 2 is like, you have to rebuy them they are like a new they're like remasters basically they're okay. like a remaster that you're paying for it um, does kind of take some of the excitement out of that idea of it where it's like i was ho- kind of hoping it would be oh you own this on vr you can have this on vr too or like, you know, like it, the ten dollar upcharge that they were doing they're no doing, it's like it, nintendo yeah. <laughs> no but they're doing the ten dollar upcharge for tetris effect yeah yeah, they're they're, they're, they're doing like yeah for Tetris, but Tetris effect is that like should legit. come free on your phone, my guy. It really I, should. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. Like yes, but the work they do to Tetris effect is like it's worth paying for. It's like they, because it's like it's an incredibly beautiful game, also like in in, in its effects. Yeah, there, but I mean, it's like it's like you have to if you had Iron Man VR, you got to pay for it all over again. Oh, yeah. Batman VR, got to pay for pay it all for over it, again. Yeah. I like Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, got to pay for it all over again. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it kind of takes that. Win so, the, the, this, yeah. the Walking Dead never came out to PSVR one, so Saints and okay. Sinners is gonna be like a bad great, example. It's gonna mm-hmm. be like a full original release on, on VR two, but the problem with them doing VR one to VR two is the controls they use like the control I've, I've seen the controls of vr2 versus the playstation move the move had an extra button that the vr2 controllers don't have the move button the, a lot of those games because the if you had the playstation move it had the square circle x and uh, x and triangle like to mm-hmm. the sides and a big move button here on top of the trigger you had at the back that move button doesn't exist on the on the vr2 controller so Probably that's why just those- because it's unnecessary i would think yeah, that's what. But a lot of the game, when they were making PSVR one games, they were made with made the knowledge okay. with the knowledge that the PlayStation Move was the remote. Okay, so uh, they completely redesigned the controller. So that's why like, they're not backwards compatible. So that sucks. That that's the reason why it is not backwards compatible. Especially but, uh, since that's just button map. That's just button mapping at mm-hmm. that point. Right. Yeah. I. That does kind of suck. They didn't have some other button that would work alongside that. But also, I'm gonna have trouble defending the PlayStation Move controller at uh-huh. all, considering yeah. it was just repurposed from PS3. Ah, uh-huh, yeah. Um, it was like all the PS Moves that they didn't get to sell when PS yeah. Move. They, they so, tried to do the PS. Whatever Move, it, it like... is, it's like it's probably an improvement. It just sucks that all of those purchases had to suffer for that to happen. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and that's so, what yeah. sucks. And that's what sucks. But uh, anyway. I've heard the hardware's amazing. I've heard legit like. The improvements done to the VR2 is like it's way lighter in the head in the face, which is insane because the VR1 was already light by it by itself. They made it lighter. And, and these games are fifty dollars. Yeah. Oh. So. 
<laughs> I was like, I, I was, I was shocked because I was like, okay, maybe they're like twenty dollars or thirty. I'm like, that's fifty. Oh, Horizon that's a 50, rough price. Horizon Call of the Mountain is fifty nine ninety nine, and many of them are very short. Yeah. And the worst part yeah. about Horizon Call of the Mountain is that that was the showcase game that they were trying to push the VR unit with. In fact, it's the only game that comes in bundled in, and it's the most disappointing one, based on reviews. That See, sucks. It, See, like, I'm like, you're making me rebuy this game and you're charging me another $50. That kind of burns me. For real. Yeah, so VR is going to be interesting because now that we know that it's there at Sony, we'll have to keep supporting it. So it means that every showcase we watch, we're going to have a section in every state of play where we're like, okay, just move along. Move along. <laughs> just like, move it along. To be fair, that's how they treated the VR stuff and I appreciated it. Yeah, the, how, it was I, very I, zippy. I, I, I hope I, because they have to acknowledge it's like, that's just going to be a niche side of the market for them. It's like they have to appease the 30 million, the 32 million PS5 owners. They're ready to release that they have sold that many PS5s and now the thing is well available. So they have to like appease the ones that are just on the console. So do you almost wish they would have just did a separate show for VR? I kind of wish, but at the same time, it's like we know Sony in that time that they barely speak around. The <laughs> like It's like you got to take what you can get. It's just that unfortunately that to me is like this state of play was like after me championing saying that now the state of plays have gotten better now we're going back to the downswing and but i feel that's going to happen when if they're actually going to do a showcase i think that's the the existence of them doing showcases on top of state of plays kind of like mutes the state of plays unfortunately so last year when there was no showcase the state of plays got better so they gotta think pick, they gotta pick a lane and so um goodbye volcano high is like Besides that, and um, what was the other game? Um, what was the game where you're playing as like a a guy? You kind of look like you're a butler. It almost looked like it was kind of like an older game where you were uh, older style, kind of like a older art style. You were today? No, no, it's it's previous. I think it was called The Devil in Me. No, Little oh. Devil Inside. Little Devil Inside. Okay. I think the game little, that never comes out. <laughs> yeah, so like other than Volcano High, I think Little Devil Inside is like the last game that was shown off with the PS5 whenever yeah, it was first. In 2020, out. yeah, all of that yeah. has been shown. Yeah. Like Yeah, so, if, if, yeah, if we go back to that June 2020 showcase, it's like all of it is out. Like even for Spoken was there. Yeah, so I'm like now it's this we're just waiting on Little Devil Inside now. And now yeah. that, I think we're gonna be the, waiting for a long time for that one too. Cause if it didn't come out by now with all of the crazy levels of Kickstarter money that it got put into it, mm-hmm. something's something really bad is going on in that studio. Yeah. Um yeah. which hurts my soul, but apparently that's the way of indie gamers. Mm-hmm. And that's the way of indie gaming. You yeah. know that real well, Paul. That I do. Um, <laughs> How so, long? Yeah. It's a full year almost of delay since like its original planned launch, right? Abs- oh, it was planned to launch in like twenty April eighteen or something. Oh shoot! That it long was, ago? It was before it was even showcased with PlayStation. It had its full Kickstarter thing. It met all of it beyond it, oh, and then it was like I was talking right, about your some... game. I thought I was oh, talking about oh, my game. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yours is like yeah, a year. The delay. one that I was contracted for. That was that's about an entire year. You're out. Uh, mm-hmm. You're absolutely right, and it yeah. should have. It should be coming out pretty soon, but it's just one of those cases where it's one guy doing all the coding and uh, he has no idea of how much time coding takes until he's already like six months into it. So uh, hopefully that's that's pretty soon. Yeah. So now we wait to June. Let's see what yep. they have. Let's see like Sony got to like give us the next wave of PS5 stuff now. It's like we got to know beyond what's just Spider-Man. I will yeah. say though, I'm glad that there's so many good games between now and June, though. 
Yeah. It's a good year. Very it really good. is. Yeah. Really good. Really, really, really good year. It's like, it's a, it's, it's feeling right. It's like, I'm looking at the state of play is not with like a hunger of like, I need to know more. It's just more like, let's see if there's what could be like from the, for the far future that we could look at. But we're not, we're not necessarily starving at this point. Like there's so much, there's so many, like half of this year is just going to be insane. Just all the way until June. And yeah. I can't wait unless the delays start happening, but I'm feeling more confident. It's, it's happening less and less times. Only a big one, Jedi Survivor. But then for what we've been seeing with the IGN first, I'm like, yeah, I'm glad they got the six weeks because if, if now it looks like it has the money that Jedi yeah. Fallen Order didn't. So, and meanwhile, I can still play Hogwarts Legacy that I am enjoying very, very, very much. So sad for Atomic Heart, though. <laughs> but I'll leave that for next week's episode. So, Paul, and we are not doing the game releases right now because this is such mm-hmm. an off... Uh, off kilter show just know that destiny comes out next week <laughs> that's all you need to know so we're gonna go back to normal schedule programming with uh, just sebastian next week so paul enjoy your packing and where can people find you as always y'all can find me at dork of art on twitter and dork of art on youtube whenever i get the ability to post videos of me breaking video games sebastian where can they find you Man, you know, they can find me at the Single Player Experience Podcast where we talk about all the all the things you need to know about some good single player gaming. Al, what about you? Where can they find you? They can find me at A underscore Drosigobia <laughs> at Twitter. They can find me at Asegobia on Hive. They can find me at Alejandrosegobia93 on Instagram. And my written content at thecriticalcorner.com and seasongaming.com. So everyone else that got to tune in we thank you so much for your continued support and listenership even if you don't interact with us we'd love to be able to interact with you sometime in the future tell me how wrong i am in the comments that uh, seems to work a 100 percent of our engagement yes when we did the reacts for destiny that was awesome that always people that interact to tell you how wrong you are (laughs) but hey that was our most watched video so (laughs) thank you for the views (laughs) so everyone Enjoy the rest of the week. The month's almost done, which is crazy. Uh, have a great rest of your weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, and remember... Press X. Press. Boop, boop. To play. Good night, everybody. Hasta la vista, baby. So that's it for today's episode. I want to give a special shout out to Alejandro and Paul for having me on the X Button Podcast and for letting me cross promote and publish this episode on the Single Player Experience Podcast. I also want to let you know about the Single Player Experience Discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. The link to join will be in the description. Once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list, talk about the good games you've been playing, or give your feedback on the show. If you have a game that you think should be recommended or that you think I should talk about, let me know in the Single Player Experience Discord server. I'll see you there. Before we go, I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace!